Hey everyone, welcome to episode 16 of Sifted HQ, the loot crate of gaming TV shows. You know, this week would have been E3, and before this all happened, I really thought I would be cool with that. Not destroying myself for a week and then having a week to recover afterwards, but now that we kind of missed E3 week, I think I'm missing it a little bit. I mean, granted, right now I feel good, and in normal circumstances, I would not feel good. So there's some advantages to it being spread out, but I do miss the spectacle. I miss seeing a lot of people. Um, it's a week that I will not get back. However, we're gonna break it all down for you today on Sifted HQ. We got all the big stories from the first week of the fake E3, plus we have the final installment in the saga of Mitch's PC build. Let's check it out. Here on Turned Up Tuesday, we recommend the best games, albums, movies, and TV shows for the week, and we're about to do it again. One of the most anticipated games of the generation has finally arrived, but if you don't own a PS4, there are other options. THQ Nordic has been on a tear over the last few years, and it continues its momentum with Desperados 3. It's a story-driven isometric action RPG set in the Old West where you control five different characters with unique skills. You'll need them all to help Cooper find redemption in New Orleans. There are a lot of ways to customize the experience when you start playing today on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. A lot of developers have left Bungie for New Horizons, but few have succeeded in their new ventures. Enter Disintegration. This mashup of first-person shooter and real-time strategy certainly has a unique hook, and it's coming from a former Halo creator. You fly around in heavy artillery while instructing your troops on the ground. Protect humanity from a rising global threat, or just frag your friends when it releases today for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. We've saved the best for last, and that's The Last of Us Part 2. Take control of Ellie on her path towards revenge in this 30-hour sequel that dwarfs the original game. The combat and traversal have been updated to modern standards, and there are new fungal creatures to keep you on edge. Initial reviews have been glowing, so don't hesitate when it releases exclusively for PlayStation 4 on Friday. You're going to need some background music while taking on The Last of Us Part 2, and we're here to help. Sonic Youth hasn't released an album since 2016, and at this point is basically broken up for good. You can revive their iconic sound with Gum Country's new album, Somewhere. The band's swirling, fuzzed-out psychedelic sound is a throwback to the best indie music from the 80s and 90s, and they even filmed their videos at the old 4x3 ratio. Lose yourself in a betting noise this Friday. A lot of people think metal is basically dead. But every week here on Turned Up Tuesday, we prove them wrong. Lamb of God is releasing a new self-titled album on Friday, and unlike a lot of recent metal releases, it doesn't try to revitalize the sound. Instead, this album pulses with high-speed, high-powered jams that are sure to be a nice complement to wiping out Infected. On the other end of the spectrum comes the soft pink truth. Their new album, Shall We Go On Sinning, is like a DJ mix where one song bleeds into another. It's all really chill stuff that flits from electropop to ambient dirges. If you're a fan of albums like The Orb's Adventures Beyond the Ultra World, pick this one up on Friday. Throughout this pandemic, Netflix has been the one streaming service that has been worth every penny, with consistent releases week after week. This one's no different. Like hundreds of other comedians before him, 
Gabriel Iglesias has been able to expand his career past stand-up. His Netflix sitcom called Mr. Iglesias has been re-upped for a second season that launches tomorrow. He plays every student's favorite history teacher and utilizes the same skills that make him a hit on stage. The writing and jokes are much more PG than his comedy routines, so it's fun for all ages. The Politician's first season was a breakout hit, and it's back for season two. This Netflix comedy from creator Ryan Murphy is about a spoiled rich kid determined to become president. But to get there, he must navigate through the world's most treacherous waters, high school. With cast members from the critically acclaimed American Horror Story, season two will be prime binge material when it launches on Friday. Hi and welcome to Shane's Shitlist, where I find stuff that pisses me off and I take it to task. I have put off this episode of Shane's Shitlist for a long time, but I finally reached my breaking point. In this episode, I'm going to talk about YouTube and how it can be awesome and awful at the same time. I just want to start by saying I actually really appreciate the service that YouTube provides. This is why I've kept putting this off. They host all our videos for free and save us a lot of money on bandwidth bills, but it's hard not to see that a competitor could be doing a much better job. In the spirit of full disclosure, I should also preface this by stating that I used to work at Viacom, a company that sued YouTube for billions of dollars. A lawsuit that Viacom essentially lost and I believe it should have won. So to be fair, I might have a bit of a long-standing axe to grind, and it relates directly to what I'm about to discuss. The lawsuit with Viacom was over copyright theft. Viacom contended that YouTube knowingly allowed copywritten content to run on its site to help build its audience and business. There's really no debating that. It's a fact. As a result of the lawsuit, YouTube committed itself to stopping copyright infringement on its service, but it's gone about it in all the wrong ways. The biggest product in this initiative was its video fingerprinting technology. Basically, it scans a protected video, and then if someone else tries to upload that video, it detects it. The tech is pretty remarkable and works surprisingly well, but it's what YouTube does after something is detected that creates the issues. First of all, the tool is kind of broken. If it picks up on something that has been protected, it won't scan the rest of the video for that same piece of protected content. So this past week, Game Face had the leaked Harry Potter trailer in it, which WB Games has banned on YouTube. It was blocked the first time, so we covered up the video in the show with the graphic, re-rendered it, and then re-uploaded it to YouTube. This process takes at least 8 hours. When it went through YouTube's fingerprinting again, it picked up on a second use of the same trailer and blocked it again. We had to go through the entire process all over again. In all, we ended up spending 24 hours of work just to publish one episode of Game Face. The problems go the other direction as well. YouTube allows some content producers to protect their content the minute they upload it. This creates a digital fingerprint that YouTube will then compare to other videos. The problem is this feature is only available to YouTube channels with 100,000 or more subscribers. Apparently, big publications are the only publications worth having their rights protected. More likely, YouTube has identified these publications as the only ones capable of suing. The issues go beyond the unequal protections though. If you're running a junk YouTube channel that has bots creating lists and sinking their teeth into SEO, it's not hard to generate 100,000 subscribers. This puts the power of copyright protection into the hands of unscrupulous characters. We've been stung by this over and over again. I can't tell you how many times we've received a dozen copyright strikes or more in less than five minutes because some junk channel from India decided it was going to take ownership over the latest hot video game trailer. Yes, 
There's a dispute process, but it's clunky and annoying. And we have to follow dispute for every single instance. The idea is that you get worn down and just stop disputing them and then they take all the ad revenue. It has come very close to working on me. I'm sick of having to jump through hoops because of what are essentially cyber criminals. In fact, I'm sick of dealing with YouTube altogether. It can give channels blue check marks, but it can't vet every channel to make sure it's not using the protection tools for theft. I think what bothers me the most is how opaque YouTube is. Just trying to find the threshold for a channel to gain access to the protection tools was a project. It's even more difficult to figure out how to become eligible for some of its revenue generating programs like YouTube TV subscriptions. We discovered the quirk with the fingerprinting tool on our own. It's never explained. There are no humans to speak to about anything that happens on the site. It's all help bots and facts. Google and YouTube are just two more examples of companies that try to function without staff to save money, and it makes all the products a pain to use. While I appreciate that YouTube saves our site a lot of money, it also turns a huge profit that we, and a lot of other channels, help generate. The door is definitely open for a competitor to come storming through it, but for its broken tools, its rich get richer schemes, and its lack of transparency, YouTube, you just made Shane's shit list. Sony just had a huge PlayStation 5 showcase making for the best episode of Noobs yet. Let's get started. We'd love to show you Resident Evil Village, but Capcom has decided it doesn't want free marketing of its games and copyright protected the trailer. In a sentence, it looks like an homage to Resident Evil 4. Better known for 2D shooters and voxels, Housemark's next project is a surprise. Titled Returnal, it's coming exclusively to PS5 in 2021. It's like Groundhog Day in space, you crash on an alien planet and when you die you're revived to try it all over again. This shooter looks to be the studio's biggest project yet. Marvel's Spider-Man is PlayStation 4's second best-selling first-party game of all time, behind Uncharted 4. A sequel is basically a no-brainer, and Sony has delivered. Kinda. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales features the protagonist from Beyond the Spider-Verse, but it's more of a standalone expansion than a sequel. You get to use his unique abilities like his paralyzing touch and invisibility. But the best part is, it will launch with the PlayStation 5 this fall. Horizon Zero Dawn is our game of the year for 2017, so it was only a matter of time before the sequel was announced. We hoped it would come sooner than now, but our expectations have finally been answered. Horizon Forbidden West is a direct sequel to the first game and finds Aloy venturing west to an unrecognizable America. The world below the surface of the water is our new playground. It has no release date, but it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, so you'll have to upgrade to play it. The remake of the original Ratchet & Clank from 2016 got the series back on track, and now Insomniac Games is ready to take the franchise in new directions. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart makes use of the PlayStation 5 hardware in unique ways. Its ultra-fast SSD hard drive allows the game to switch environments on the fly as the duo jumps through warp gates with reckless abandon. You can also use the tech for quick teleportation during combat. Have we mentioned it's the best looking video game we've ever seen? The game is absolutely stunning, but there's no release date and it's only coming to PS5. Hi and welcome to the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending June 16th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News and this is The Big Six. You know, you may not have realized it, but this week, would have been E3 2020 if it weren't canceled. However, 
If you were visiting Sifted.net, you may have thought the event actually happened. A whopping 73 new games have been announced in the last seven days. Let's get to the headlines. And there is no bigger headline in all of 2020 than the fact that the PlayStation 5 was fully unveiled this week. The console's form factor was finally shared, and the system is coming in two different options, one with a disk drive and one without. A collection of peripherals was also shown. Sony also unveiled several exclusive games, including new entries in the Ratchet & Clank, Horizon, and Gran Turismo franchises. The only mystery left at this point is its price, its launch lineup, and its exact release date in the fall. There's no shortage of intrigue going on right now over at WB Games. The publisher responsible for games like Cyberpunk 2077 and Batman Arkham Knight is, according to multiple reports, up for sale by its owner, AT&T. The reports state that interest is robust, with publishers Take-Two, Electronic Arts, and Activision Blizzard leading the pack. AT&T is reportedly looking for around $4 billion for the company, but details around licensing Warner Brothers IP have made negotiations challenging. Whichever company ends up sealing the deal will be setting itself up nicely for Generation 9. Destiny 2 is coming up on its third anniversary, but this week, talk of a sequel was put on ice. Instead, the next expansion, Beyond Light, was announced. Developer Bungie even went a step further and announced that there are two more expansions coming after Beyond Light that run through 2022. So in other words, Destiny 3 isn't coming for a long, long time. Console transitions can be a murky time for third-party games. It's especially true for the next entry in the Battlefield franchise. Reliable sources of past leaks stated this week that the next Battlefield game will be released for both generations. However, the PS4 and Xbox One versions will have features cut and lower player counts per match. EA did a similar thing with Battlefield 4, and it turned out alright. Ubisoft's forward event isn't happening until July 12th, and things are already starting to leak. The publisher is notorious for not protecting its announcements, and the first hints about Far Cry 6 have made their way to the internet. According to gaming website GameReactor, the next entry in Ubisoft's open-world shooter franchise will be revealed at the event in a couple weeks. The report also states that it will not be a sequel to Far Cry 5, and will instead take place entirely outside of the United States. After the political turmoil generated by the fifth entry, perhaps it's for the best. Everyone's losing their jobs, and the economy is cratering, but you'd never know that by checking out the May MPD report. Hardware spending was up 56% year over year. It was the most spent on hardware in May since 2010. So far in 2020, overall spending is up an astounding 34% year over year, with two console launches still to come. Nintendo Switch led the way as it sold the most consoles in a month since the 3DS in May of 2009. Gamepads, headsets, and steering wheels all set May sales records. Once again, gaming is proving that it's the best entertainment medium in the world. That's it for the Big Six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending June 6, 2020. You know, E3 is going on all summer, and it's kind of hard to keep track of it all, so if you're struggling, check out sifted.net. We got you covered all summer long. Hey everyone, welcome back to Make It. Where we left off, my PC would not turn on. After all the building I did, it would not turn on. 
So I reached out to a friend of mine who's built a PC before and we spent multiple hours trying to figure out what the problem was. And after doing that, It turned on. We found out I had mistaken the graphics card power supply cables for my CPU power cables. With it finally working, I was able to set up everything with my new keyboard and monitor. Also, I had a giant mouse and rest pad from Glorious. This was recommended from Justin on Sifted. I must say, I absolutely love it. It gives me so much room to use my mouse, and the wrist rest is thick, making it very comfortable to type with. Once everything was set up, I could see how this baby runs, and my first impression is that it's extremely fast. Just opening simple applications like web browsing and going through my files, it moved faster than I could keep track of it. When I get to my editing, it steamrolls all my tasks without any major or minor issues, a true stark difference of what it was like with my laptop. Also, my rendering time has improved dramatically. A video that would take about an hour to render has cut down to 15 to 20 minutes. Looking at what my PC can really do, I found a program called Heaven Benchmark 4.0. I had it run at the highest setting, including 1920 by 1440 full screen resolution. The results were excellent. I was able to run it at 83 frames per second, and for games at lower resolutions, it was over 100 frames per second. It is noticeable while I was playing a few games, including Grand Theft Auto V and Valorant. The only struggle I had was getting used to the mouse and keyboard. The hand placement and understanding where the keys are in that position is still foreign to me. The keyboard is tactile and feels great, with both playing and typing. Overall, this PC has done everything I wanted while exceeding my expectations in every way. And there you have it, that is the PC, up and running and running great. I'm so happy beyond belief. This process has been up and down and all around, and the only thing that has stayed constant is the support from you guys on Sifted. From recommending parts to me, to letting me know tips and tricks on building, to letting me know about monitors, honestly everything. I don't know if I could have gotten through this process without you. I think I might have quit halfway through to be truthfully honest and wasted a bunch of money to try to build this PC where I couldn't get too far. And so because of that, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And I just wanna say thank you, I really mean it. This may be the end of the PC journey on Make It, but Make It will not be done with this episode. Make It will still come back. It just will be making other things. And I can't wait to do that with you guys as well. Until then, we'll see you next time. All right, that's it for Sifted HQ episode 16. All's well that ends well with Mitch's PC. He had some bumps in the road. You guys helped him through it. I just want to thank all you guys for helping him. Literally, we had people on YouTube, Patreon, Sifted.net, everyone trying to help Mitch. We really, really appreciate all your input on that. Uh, and a big thanks to Mitch also for being very patient. Uh, building a PC is not easy, and I think he did a pretty good job, and he did not freak out, which is what's most important. So thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week.